Have served. And thank you very much. Yeah. And you're absolutely 100% right. And I would like to expand that not just to the veterans who served, but also the families that sacrificed. Yeah. Um, because that really is what Memorial Day is about. And um, So let's do that. There's so many families, even though the spouse is no longer in active service, that are still paying a price because of the life experiences that the individuals that did serve experience that are impacting. Yeah. Um, it changes their perception and perspectives on everything. So, so how would you like to pray for that? Um, Father, it's, it's interesting that um, it's like as I'm, as I'm putting together my thoughts on what to pray, you're bringing to mind how we are called Christian soldiers, onward Christian soldiers. Um, and Lord, I think of the ultimate soldier, the ultimate leader, Jesus Christ, and the sacrifice that he has done for us. And Lord, the men and women in the armed services, Father, who... Um, have followed your example. They may not have known your name, but they followed your example. Because, Lord, Christ still lives in them as well, even though they don't recognize it. We thank you so much for the sacrifice. We thank you, Lord Father, for what they have given um, so that we can so that we can have the right to take a kneel yeah. instead of say the pledge. Yes, Lord. So that we can have the right to, um, for lack of better terms, smack, talk smack about our yes, our government. Lord, um, it's such a hard way because it really is dishonoring to those who have given so much. So we're going to take this moment, Lord, to truly give honor to those yes, who have served, to truly thank you for giving them heart and strength yes, to... Lord to volunteer their time, Lord Father, to um, to protect our freedoms. Yes, Lord. Even when those freedoms fly in, fly in the face of respect. Yes, Lord. Lord, we thank you for the families that have, even to this day, continued to um, deal with the impact of those sacrifices. Yes, Lord. And we just ask, Lord Father, for this country to truly come to an awareness of the sacrifice yes, that it takes to be in the military. Yes, Lord. The giving up of, of life and family and, and and comfort and putting their lives in danger at times. Yes, Lord. Um, so that we have freedoms. Yes, Lord. So we give you honor. We give them honor. Yes, Lord. And we say thank you. And we extend that to law enforcement as well. Lord, over the last weekend, there's been four police officers who have uh, been fallen in the line of service. So, Father, that you would watch over their families as well. Because uh, we, we take our freedom for granted, but freedom is not free at any level. So, Lord, thank you for those who are protecting it, not only on a na national level, but on a local level as well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Linda. Um, if you haven't returned your cards... For um, Royal Family. Family's Kids Camp, please do so. Um, and please also um, remain in prayer. Yeah. Um, you know, for that as well. Um, yeah, I'm just. Um, I'm having a challenge right now because my heart is so overwhelmed because this country so disrespects and does not understand what the lives of other people go through. Too often we're stuck in our own stuff. 
and um, I don't know, maybe I'm just ultra sensitive right now because of everything else that's going on in my life, but um, is there anyone in this class that's been in the foster system as, as a child? Can, can you share a little bit what it was like? Would you mind? I know I'm putting you on the spot. somewhat a safe place to be due to the fact that my family was so dysfunctional. Um, I appreciate it as I look backwards on it that I did have a roof over my head and I was safe and fed. Um, I know it's not what it was now, um, but I appreciate the, it being available for me. Well, thank you. I'm glad that you had a, a um, rather good experience, you know, with people that actually cared. Because um, unfortunately, a lot of times it's not like that. You know, it's not like that. Um, um, during one of our training sessions, um, they showed a short video about a, a young woman who, when she went to Royal Family Kids Camp, she was uh, one of the most abused children in the entire state of, I think it was Missouri. And it was the first time, going to camp was the first time that she really realized there was any goodness in the world, because all she experienced was horrific. And um, her story is, um, it was life changing. And um, eventually, the counselor ended up adopting her, so she had a forever family, you know. And as she grew up to be uh, a young teenager, she reached the age where she could serve at camp as like a, a an, what they call an intern or a junior counselor. And so uh, she started giving back. And then she eventually went to college, and um, now she's, she's after college, and she's going to be the youngest director of a camp. Wow. That's a great testimony. Um, who here has been in the military, specifically active duty? Would you mind sharing a little bit of your experience? You don't have to. Again, I, I know I'm putting you on the spot, but I mean, it's obvious that you know you you haven't been in the active service for you know a bit. Um, but can you speak to its impact on you today? Does that make sense? Well, I quit high school in 1963 and joined the Marine Corps. Uh, <clears throat> Four years in the Marine Corps, and it's for anybody that's got their sight to go into any service. It is a game changer. It will change your life if you let it, and it did. And uh, four good years uh, of wonderful experiences, and some not so. And the impact today. I mean, now it's what forty years later, fifty years later. Um, how would you say it's still impacting you today? I still have those same values that I learned when I was in the Marine Corps. I still use those today. Thank you, and thank you for your service. Yeah. Um, it's. We're going to talk today about you know renewing our mind, and um, we have to understand when we're renewing our mind what's come before. Um, I wish I had a, a big map, you know, that said you are here. You know, there's no map here in the building of. of you know, this is the room and this is the exit, which actually really kind of surprises me. 
Um, now that I'm thinking of it. No, it's right there. It's by the door. That's the exit map? Yeah. Okay. So it says we are here um, and how to get out. And um, how many times have you found yourself doing, saying, responding in a certain way and not really knowing how you got there. Does that make sense? Or how many of you have experienced somebody's emotions and wondered, what did I do to just set that off? <clears throat> Heck, I've been the what the just happened that set me off. Yeah. So at various times we've been the spewer and the spewee. It's kind of gross, but that 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 ends up what that's what's happening is that sometimes we'll spew. So what is you know? Think about the last time that there was a strong emotional response triggered in you. Think about that. And what did it? What did it? This is this would be whatever happened right before you had that strong emotional response, whether it be anxiety, sadness, anger, uh, a deep sense of being alone, uh, loneliness, despair. What was that? Which is really, by the way, kind of funny because we don't talk too much of, wow, you just had a sudden outburst of overcoming joy and happiness. How many, how many people have had that experience? Okay. All right. But, but that's usually triggered by winning the lottery, you know, or finding out, you know, someone's pregnant or, you know, it's, it's getting that house or that promotion that you want or... Um, those things are really easy to identify why we have this sudden outburst of happiness. Okay? I don't know too many, you know, it's usually external events that have caused, you know, yay, the test came back! Whatever we wanted, positive or negative. Um, you know, I don't want a positive test for cancer. I, you know, I would be very happy with that. But when we were trying to have kids, positive test for pregnancy, that's a good thing, you know? Um, what? Nothing. <laughs> He's changing his mind now. Thirty years. <laughs> no, I'm not. Um. No, I'm not. Okay. But what what is that event that triggers that emotional response? Like Jean said, oftentimes we don't question. Hey, we have this giant outburst of joy. Hey, let's try and do that again. You know, it's almost as if, wow, that was a nice change of pace, which is kind of scary. But what are those events that trigger? And, and I like what Gene opened up with. You know, you are here because it's important to identify what those things are and why they're causing that trigger, why they trigger those events. Because oftentimes it goes back to something in our past. We talk a lot about emotional needs in this class. We talk about needs that are met and needs that go unmet. We're talking about perceptions and perspectives. So if I come up to Jean, maybe we've been apart, for, she's been at work all day, okay? So imagine Jean coming home at work all day, and I ask this very simple question. Honey, where are my keys? <laughs> Joe's laughing. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it's like, whoa! What I don't know doesn't happen in our house, okay? <laughs> but what I don't know is everything that was setting the stage for that to occur. I asked a very simple question, but in that simple question, I, if I'm not careful, it's like I can look at that and say, whoa, where'd that come from? I just asked you where my keys were because you have this habit. How many times do we enter into an engagement or into a fight? or into an argument when that happens, as opposed to stepping up, okay, 
And we talked about this last night. I only asked where my keys were. It's really not a big deal. So I'm going to assume that maybe there was something else going on for Gene that I'm not quite aware of yet. How many of us are willing to set aside our own hurt for that moment? Paul shaking his head, nope, not me, ain't going to do it, nope, not going to do it. <laughs> but enter in and say, hey, honey, what happened today? We, we have to look back and, and recognize if, if we're going to try to renew our mind, and renewing our mind is changing both our perspectives and our perceptions. All right, because that's what the session is yeah. about. We're talking about perspectives and perceptions. So the first part is to recognize what the activating event is, recognizing that there's an issue, recognizing that uh, something doesn't seem right. Okay, why are we tweaked? What's going on? Okay, and it's important to understand what that is and what it is not. I mean, it, it, what I described, is it reasonable for Jean to respond like that if I just asked her where my keys are? Joe, you're shaking and you're nodding. Yes, <laughs> it is. Um, Why? Because I know that. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're right. <laughs> I should know better. But does that... I know. I know. I know. Yeah. Does that mean that I have a right to respond like that. You know? So the question then becomes, why am I responding like that? Maybe it's a chance there was a repetitive instances that he was misplacing okay, his things, and then you already fed up, they constantly happen, and plus mm -hmm. the, the things that, that you've been dealing throughout the whole day, was the little, the straw, let's say, the break, the camel's back, mm -hmm. then it wasn't directly about him, but it's the accumulation of incidents. And, and that's the whole point, is would Christ have responded like that? What does James 1.19 say? Can somebody look it up and read that for us? <clears throat> Most people should have it memorized. Or maybe not. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. <laughs> it's like most people have heard that at least. Okay, so we can understand and explain away. Um those outbursts as you're doing it again how stupid can you be how you know it's it's all right and and it, it can be with anything um you forgot to take out the garbage again how many times do i need to remind you i keep asking you and you it's like it whatever i say goes over your head and you've disappointed me again or how about this as you know, I started my own consulting practice. Wow, this contract didn't come through. Okay, this contract didn't come through. This contract didn't come through. And we start to get these activating events that occur to, to me, and then it's like, you know, and, and I'm feeling extra burdened because I'm trying to still provide for a family because even though I retired, I'm not collecting any pension and all this other stuff is going on. And it's kind of like I begin to ask, because all these are adversities or activating events for emotions. But what follows from that is what do we begin to believe about ourselves or about the other person? So in Jean's example, she begins to believe that I'm unreliable, that I'm careless. And she begins to to label me with all these negative connotations, which you, basically you were saying, get to a point where you get fed up. Because how can you be? Because he should know better. Mm -hmm. Or an instance. I, I have a 
Go question. Ahead. Is there anyone in this room who has done something because... I have no idea what you're saying. I'm just getting ready. <laughs> okay. Done something even though you knew better. You've done something even though you knew better. Ah, so in those circumstances, what do we do with the verse that says, those without sin first cast the first stone? Oh, I, I, <laughs> oh, it, it only applies in scripture in Jesus' case. It's perfectly fine since we've all done something that we know better not to do. I'm justified in throwing a rock at him. Well, if I'm highlighting my Bible with a black Sharpie, it takes care of it, right? <laughs> Unfortunately, it bleeds through onto the other page because they're really thin. And you just and and you just wiped out something that was good. Jesus loves you, you know stuff like that. My Bible had a lot of whiteout early on, but and so that's one example. Now here's the other example. In the example I gave about work and everything else, what lies do I begin to tell myself? What lies have you told yourself about yourself? We all have. We all have, and I, I hate to say this, but I will, because you all know that I don't care if I hate to say something, I'm going to say it anyway. The church even promotes lying to ourselves. The church promotes lying to ourselves. Oh, if only you had more faith. If only I had more faith, because I'm up, I'm looking at that, and I'm... Oh, he must have a lot. I, I clearly don't have enough faith. That's my issue. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's another one. Well, that's, that's, that's also, that's, that's the, that's the inferred or the implication when, yeah. It, and it's very easy. And I can't tell you how many times because I didn't pray like that person did, you know, that my faith must be less. Because I couldn't quote um, uh, chapter and verse, then my spirituality was in question. That God wasn't as close to me because I couldn't tell you, I, I didn't memorize the book of John, you know. And then someone pointed out, you know, the devil knows every word in that Bible. Literally. Satan knows the word better than any living human being. But he's not human okay? Yeah. No, he's not. But he knows it. But, but he, he knows, knows it. it. Okay? So just because you know it doesn't mean you're living it. Okay? Just because you know it doesn't mean you're not twisting it. I would rather know a few verses and live them out well then memorize the whole thing and be judgmental and critical and twisted you know like the individuals that you know you can't kill babies so I'm gonna kill you We tell ourselves stories about what events mean. We talk about perspective, which is how we see things. And then we talk about perception, what we believe about what we see. So beliefs, we tell ourselves stories about what events mean. And it's going to be really important that we avoid judging our beliefs as right or wrong and simply notice them for what they are. I'll tell you a testimony of, of an individual... Um, these are documented cases. The gentleman was told that he had <clears throat> liver cancer and that he would die within three months. Okay. Um, he died within three months. When they did the autopsy? Didn't have cancer. Okay. He believed the report. He believed the report. Um, another guy, um, 
he went to um, he went to the cemetery, I think, to pay respects or whatever, and he came across a, a witch doctor that cursed him. Okay? He got very, very, very ill. All right? Um, doctors trying to figure out, trying to do everything, could not figure out what was going on with this guy. All right? Family finally, you know, told him, well, he's got a curse. All right? So, um, doctor said, okay. So the next day, he um, goes into the patient's room, and he says, here, take this drug. He says, um, I gotta tell you, I went to the cemetery, I found that witch doctor, pinned him up against the wall, and made him tell me what, you know, what he did. All right, and um, so this here is going to be the antidote. He, what did he say? I think he said he uh, he, he cursed you with a a, a lizard or something yeah. out like that, and the lizard laid eggs in your stomach, and you know yeah. that's what's causing. So um, the the medicine made the guy vomit, and Epicac, the doctor by the threw way. yeah. The, Epicac. Okay, it made made. This is a true story. Okay, yeah. it's a true story. It's a very true story. He threw a, a lizard in the vomit and see, now you're healed. Got, got better. Got okay. better. Um, another young man, um, very despondent, very upset because his girlfriend broke up with him. And he had been on a, a experimental drug, so he was in one of those drug trials. All right. He decides that he's going to commit suicide by taking these medications. Um, they find him um, via ambulance. His heart rate is like barely at living level they take him in he's trying you know they're trying to revive him and you know it's like trying to get what is the drug okay so the hospital calls the company hey listen this is a guy we need to know what it is we need to get the antidote and it's like he's in the placebo group okay he's in the placebo group all right once he found that out Within 15 minutes, his heart rate's up. I mean, and this guy was incoherent. He was literally salivating. He, his heart rate was, was barely alive. Okay? That's what our beliefs do. And, and, and the truth of the matter is, we all have extreme beliefs like that. Maybe not to the point where physically we're doing that, but where we've got it in our mind that X has happened, and it's not necessarily the truth. It's our perspective of the truth, but it's not necessarily the truth. How about a much less extreme example? A mom of an eight-year-old girl passes away. Christian. And a well-meaning lady comes up to the daughter and says, "It's okay, because this must mean that you're that Jesus needs your mom in heaven." Right to bring comfort to, to the to little bring girl. Comfort to a little girl. You know what the little girl decided at eight years old? What kind of Jesus would take my mom to heaven when I need her down here? That's right. So we have these things that have been poured into our life, these little comments, some well-meaning and some not, that cause us to form belief systems by which we are running our life. Sometimes all it takes is one comment from one person. And we believe it. So if we have a situation where an individual got taken advantage of several times, what is their tendency to want to serve? Probably diminished. It's like I keep getting taken advantage of. So the Jean smiles. She says, "I can. I. I almost know your immediate answer is going to be no, but we're going to try and press in on this because I. I can say no so often." And as part of those things is what's going on. What am I believing in the moment about that situation? Because I can assure you that more times than not, the reason I said no had nothing to do with that situation. It probably had something to do with something back here that I haven't walked through, that I haven't resolved. 
and it's impacting my mind. Psalm 119, um, 28 uh, through 30 is an incredible um, verse to help kind of contradict some of our beliefs. It's a really good thing to pray. My soul is weary with sorrow. Strengthen me, Lord, according to your word. Keep me from deceitful ways. Be gracious to me and teach me your law. I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I have set my heart on your laws, and I hold fast to your statutes. We all have emotions. We all have feelings. And we know that we've shared with you in the past, feelings are not a bad thing. They're an indicator. Emotions are an indicator. That's what they are. But we should not function according to our emotions because our emotions can lie to us. <clears throat> so we have to be measure and, and understand what our beliefs are. We have to try and get a handle of what are the lies I've been telling myself. Because when, when we did this example about uh, my keys, Gene could look at me and say he is the most unreliable, forgetful person on the face of this planet. I wonder if that's how Jesus sees me. Do you think when Jesus looks at me, he would look at me and say, you are the most unreliable, forgetful person on the entire planet. No. He would see behind the incident. And we talk about seeing with the eyes of Jesus a lot. You know what that means? It means looking beyond the incident to see the need that fueled that. Okay, but the fact of the matter is we still have to deal with the missing keys and the fact that you keep losing them. Oh, they're right here. <laughs> <laughs> we do. And at the same time, that's what we're talking about, renewing our mind. Are we going to deal with an incident? Or are we going to use that incident to define someone's character? Because that's often what we do. We can take an incident that's hurtful and use that and define another person's character by that incident. And that makes it very difficult to enter into forgiveness. Because how many times, and this is, I have a lot of appreciation for Celebrate Recovery and all the recovery. But what I don't like is where they identify themselves with the dysfunction. Well, you, you stand up and it's like, hi, Gene, I'm an alcoholic. No. I'm not an alcoholic. You are created in the image of God. You're a recovering alcoholic. I don't even like to say recovering no. alcoholic. You're a, uh, what do you like to say? I mean, if, I mean with, with something yeah. like that, um, I would say like maybe I'm Jean and I deal with some alcoholism tendencies or I'm dealing with the problem. I'm not identifying with the problem. Or I, I do the same thing with, I, I, I deal with asthma. Okay. okay. I, I deal with asthma and I have asthmatic symptoms okay. at times. Okay. All right. But I don't, it's not my asthma. Amen. It's not my asthma. Right. So it's not my alcoholism either. That's right. I deal with alcoholic tendencies. Or how about, a, hi, I'm Jean. I'm learning to overcome alcoholism. Yes. That's also fine. That's also fine. But when we stand up and we identify, you know, and, and whatever it could be, you know, hi, I'm a codependent. You know, hi, I'm a, you know, hi, I'm a, hi, I'm a child of God. That's one thing I need to start saying a heck of a lot more, you know? Oh, wait, but that brings with it a responsibility. <clears throat> See, when we identify with a dysfunction, we don't have to take responsibility for that, do we? Because it has captured us. We haven't overcome it. But if we start proclaiming, hi, if the first words out of my mouth when I meet somebody was, hi, I'm a child of God, guess, guess what? I, Better behave like one. I have a responsibility to behave like one because I just declared myself the son of the king. 
So I should behave like the son of the king, which means that five minutes later, he should not hear me cursing someone out. Ah, <laughs> uh, I, 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 I'm Ron, and you know what? I just don't like people. <laughs> then he would expect me to curse other people out. Um, but, you you know, know what? Actually, you're laughing, but for a long time, that's what Ron identified with. Would you believe that, actually? I'm a child of God, and the church is fine, except for the people. <laughs> yup. Okay. Kathy. And I just want to clarify, because I, I know you guys, and I know you're not saying, I mean, people that do have something, say, like alcoholism, yeah. it is important for them to come to that place. Oh, it is. Where they say, I'm an alcoholic. And you're not saying... And I, I think that you're not saying that's a wrong thing to say, but you know, once I, you've admitted that you have this issue, don't then, park there. Don't, don't park there. Yeah. Don't okay. park there. I, I, I deal with yeah. asthma. I deal yeah. with asthma. Okay. Right. And in the process of dealing with the asthma, mm -hmm. I need to make sure that I'm not doing things to exasperate it. Um, that when I'm around people that have respiratory diseases, I take extra precaution. Because if I catch respiratory diseases, then I can wind up in the hospital. Right. I take precautions to carry my medication with me right. so that if I have an attack, I can take care of it. So that's different than saying, God has totally healed me of asthma. I don't need to take my medication. God's my healer. all these people. Okay. That's what, that's key also. Because okay. you believe he's healing you, but you're also... Right, carrying this medication. I'm doing due diligence. I'm not saying it's my asthma and I'm going to have an asthma attack every day because I rebuke that. I'm not going to deal with that. At the same time, I have these symptoms and until I'm completely healed or delivered from it, you know, the other thing is, is that I grew up in a house full of very heavy smokers. I myself smoked, um, you know, so there's also natural consequences to some behavior, all right? Doesn't mean that God can't take those consequences and, and, and heal me from it, all right? But, you know, it, it's... What do we let on us? That's a good way of phrasing it. What do we let on us, all right? When you're thinking of relationships, whether they be with your neighbors, your partners, why are we letting their behaviors hijack our days? So what are we believing about ourselves? And many of our beliefs are formed in childhood, which is why if you're around Gina and I long enough, you know, we're, we're going to ask you about your childhood and ask you what that was like. And it's like, I, I am 50, I am, I, I am 57 years old. I should just get over that. Okay. Well, it's really hard because what happened is when I was eight years old, this event occurred, this event occurred, this event occurred. It caused me to develop a coping mechanism when I was eight years old and I did not know Jesus, it, did, it caused me to develop a coping mechanism that became very natural for me. So when an event occurred, guess what kicked into gear? That coping mechanism, right? It became natural, didn't it? It became as natural as picking up a drink for an alcoholic. It became very natural. And what that did is it caused me to be this close to Gene and there was this huge brick wall right between us. That's with that coping. We're close, right? Oh, wait. I can kind of get my arm around that brick wall. And that's what we look like in church. But there was this huge... No. There was this huge brick ridiculous. Jesus is all I need. God is good. God is good. God is good. He's going to get us through, you know? Okay, so let's, uh, uh, we're, we're still on beliefs just for a minute. God is good, right? Let's embrace that. And I pretend we have to paste it on. Pastor John was talking about being content in all things. You know why we should be content in all things? Because deep down that God is so good. Then why aren't I? That's a good question. Why aren't you? I think sometimes my belief 
has not quite gotten down deep enough. I say God is good. And I trust him in a lot of different circumstances. But I haven't given him all parts of my heart. That's the reality. What? You teach this class and you haven't given all parts of your heart? That's right. Sue, come on right on up. Sue? Go ahead, throw that stone. I'm going to give another confession, okay? I still have relationship difficulties with certain individuals. No way, not you. You teach this class? I do. God's got to teach me somehow. I got to be held accountable so I can can have other people, you know, throw rocks at me and tell me that I need to, um, you know, get my act together. Um, You know, I still, I'm still learning. You know. And it's funny because there's a large part of my life that God did heal and he changed my thinking and he renewed my mind and he changed my beliefs. And then the storms come. And the the same darts, the same um, words now come from different sources. You know? Um, but it's the same thing and it's like, did, did I really experience healing in this? You begin to question, you know. Did I really grow in this area? Because now when the storm's coming and those things are being pricked, I believe kind of like we all have an Achilles heel. You know, it's, it's that little weak spot. And I believe that we are healed, but the devil likes to pick at that little weak spot. And then we question, were we really healed? Are we really growing? Is that really? Yeah, it's, and, and I really like what you said because we humans, the human race, are created in God's image, right? And God created the universe. And actually, so if you think you're not very creative, since you're created in his image, guess what? You are creative. You just haven't tapped into it yet. The angels were not created in God's image. Satan is an angel, fallen angel, but he's an angel. Since he was not created in God's image, guess what he is not? Creative. So he's going to go after the same thing that he tried to get at before. And you know one of the reasons why God allows him to do that? To show you. God knows how much you've grown. To show you. How much you've grown. How much you've grown. Not to test you, not to say, not to point God. God's not pointing his finger at you saying, you haven't figured this one out yet. So I'm going to let that annoying little sucker continue to torment you. He's not saying that. How many believe that God tests us? Okay, but is it a test? See, there's only... It depends what the test is. How many people like taking tests in school? (laughs) How many people? I love you guys. Really felt? You actually raised your hand. Okay. Okay. Well, if we have any questions to be answered, go to the five that raised their hand. <laughs> um, most of us don't like tests because we really feel we really feel like tests are judging who we are and what we're capable of. When I've looked up, I haven't done an extensive study, but I've done a, 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 a quick study of Lord testing us. The only word that's really ever used that I could find, and like I said, I haven't done an exhaustive study, was when it came to finances. Oh, yeah. Okay. Malachi. Yeah, yep. test, me test me in this, okay? And see if I right. do bring your Bring your, your tithe to the storehouse and test me and see if I can. Yeah. Uh, all right. I prefer to use the word proof. Do you know what the word proof is? The proving process when you're smelting gold or silver or other fine metal. Or testing guns. <laughs> okay. Calm down, okay. Rob. It's, it's 
because what happens is we're in this melting process and all the garbage raises and mind you in order for fine things to be melted it's hot okay it's hot it's not comfortable there's a lot of heat that goes into it but the garbage raises to the top so that it can be skimmed off okay how do you know when that is ready then to be reformed okay the reflection okay personally my perception on testing got changed a number of years ago when someone shared with what I just shared because I don't want to be a failure in God's eyes which oftentimes why do I keep coming against this I keep not passing the test I must be stupid because I keep going through this same obstacle all right because I keep failing the test it's like mm, God's just proving me he's refining me I'm still being worked on Remember. I kind of think of, we taught that class on kind But see, what Jean just shared about what do you believe about a test? Yeah. What you because we talk about activating an event, we talked about belief system. What you believe about a test will cause you to perceive God to line up with what you believe a test is all about. So if God is testing you and you don't like tests, God is using that to judge me. So what are you going to do? You're going to judge yourself as a result. All right. All right. We got to press in because there's three more elements of this. When I say the word consequences, how many people think I mean a bad thing? They've been in the class too long. They know. Yeah. <laughs> consequences. It depends on the perception of what you are looking for. It depends on a good perception. It depends because consequences are just a natural outflow of something occurring. Of an action. So an action, if I press on the gas in a car, what's a good consequence? It's going to go forward. Okay? If I press on the car, gas on the car, and there's a car stop before me, and I crash into that car, that's a bad consequence. So it could be good. It could be, it depends on the circumstances. Okay? So it's important that we appreciate consequences for what they are. Okay? Yeah, I was just, okay. and I decided something different. Okay. Okay. So, all right. Basically, so far, when we're talking about renewing our mind, the first step that we need to take mm -hmm. is figure out what the activating event is. Where are we? Why are we triggered like this? Why are we responding like this? Why are we super sensitive to him losing his keys? Yeah. Okay. And then we're looking at what we believe with regard to that. Well, I believe that he's an idiot and irresponsible because he always leaves his keys well you know what a lot of times that's what oh, we do come we on. justify we thought that. our responses right because our emotions don't lie so therefore we have to line something up with them okay well and we're really good at fixing and yeah sorry there's there's a strong um, there was a, a recent study that says there's a lot of people that have false memories What's a false memory? You ever get together with your family and you remember something different than everyone else does? Oh, yeah. And you're the only one that remembers it differently? You know? And, well, Paul explained that um, a few weeks ago. When, uh, you know, he could have sworn he was right up there when he oh, saw the accident, right? Right. Yeah. All right? So if there was not video, if there was not video... All right, he, he, he saw an accident down at the end of the hill. And when he told the police, he told the police that I was right there, like literally 10, 15, 20 feet, you know, away from where it, it, it happened. I saw it come down. There was a video that showed he was quarter of a mile? No, I was up in the eighth parking lot coming around the corner so I could see the accident. Okay. But I was a couple hundred feet maybe. 
back from where I thought that I was. Okay, so that's actually a false memory. And if he didn't have the video to show him otherwise, all right, he thought, he legitimately thought, and I, if you didn't have the video, you would have sworn up and down every single day. Absolutely. Wow. Okay. My brother, year older than me, and over the past few years, he's trying to convince me to remember an event when we were kids at our mountain cabin. We went down to the local school. We weren't supposed to be. We're climbing over a chain link fence, and I got hooked upside down with a thing speared into my leg, gushing blood. Never happened. I have no unknown scars or anything on my leg. <laughs> but he swears it was the most terrifying event and all this kind of stuff. Never happened. I know. I know my scars. It didn't happen. Yeah. But he is convinced. He's so, sorry, Ron. He's kind of trying to convince me. No, you. It was. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So yeah. False. Wow. You don't remember that? I don't remember that. God gave me a vision. <laughs> Find the scars, and no, I can tell you when they happen. Wow. And it may have been someone else that he was with, and another friend or something that he just. Or something he wanted to have happen. <laughs> Sarah, were you going to say something? Oh, I was just going to say, um, my with my car accident last year. Um, I, granted, I was also diagnosed with a traumatic brain injury from it, from the whiplash. But um, I, as I'm going through my my court case, my attorney's like, "Here, we have a bunch of questions that you have to answer for the defense." And so I'm like looking at these questions, going, "They're seriously looking for me to lie." Like they're like the questions that they're asking me were just ridiculous. They wanted me to tell them every single college I've ever been to, I've ever gone to. Um, in the last like 15 years and sorry I can't do that I've gone to too many schools um, but I'm like looking at these questions and so I come down to a question that they asked me specifically about the accident and um, I wrote an answer out or I typed an answer out and then I went back to it probably like a few hours later and I read it again and I'm like that's not what happened at all Wow. and so I had to basically just go to my attorney and be like I can't trust my memory. Like I can't. I can't. There's no way that I could give you unless I saw it on a camera or you showed me a piece of paper that proved of what happened. I can't really give you that answer. So I just kind of had to be like, I don't know how to answer these questions at this point. My attorney has yet to get back to me on that. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. It's, um, yeah, I forgot where we are. Um, okay. Steps. One of the things, <laughs> steps. <laughs> steps. So one of the things that the we belief, need to the do. The belief system is there. The, the belief system is there, and it can be a false belief system. We have consequences. But then what do we have to do? We have to dispute those. Because if, if we want to be in a healthy relationship, we have to dispute the lies. And so what we have to do is, does the belief, what we're believing, does that line up with reality? And let's look at God's word for some reality. Because this, you know, I guess I'm just unlovable. That's not true. That is not true because scripture says completely the opposite. Well, that must, you know, I, I, guess, I guess I'm just this, or I guess I'm just that. And making excuses for people, making excuses for us to remain parked in whatever malfunctioning belief system we're a part of. We have to be willing to dispute that. And we have to take a look at, and what, what Jackie and Jen are handing out, is if you, uh, the front end gives you a summary of what we've been talking about, but the back part of that talks about various scriptures <coughs> and what we believe. So, you know, the lack of love or judgment or bitterness or an unforgiving spirit we have to put off because Don Maurice, you, I think it was you that mentioned, or Sue, uh, talked about putting it on. You know, we take that on. That belief system is like this shirt. I put it on every morning when I get up. I put on a shirt every morning when I get up. Well, maybe in the afternoon. <laughs> Depends if I really care. <laughs> but basically, as soon as I get up, though, my belief systems are activated. 
my coping mechanisms are activated the moment I wake up. Actually, while you're sleeping too, but not as yeah. dramatic. So it's important to understand how those got on me and to start taking them off. I love the passage where they talk about put on the full armor of God, right? Maybe it should, I think it could start with, oh, by the way, before you do that, take off the garbage. <laughs> take off the clothes better. that don't fit because the armor won't fit as well. If I have layers of parkas on and then try and get in the armor, guess what's not going to work? See, the armor of God only works. And this is, if you, if you go back to medieval times, they didn't have much underneath the armor, folks. They didn't have much on underneath the armor. It was pretty much them in the armor. That's what God wants for us. Because we put on our beliefs like clothes and we wear them. Much like clothes to protect ourselves from the elements or from relationships. So my, uh, go on. I was just, I was just going to say that that's what I love about this class. I mean, all these, you know, all these things you're teaching us is, we've been here a long time. <laughs> so We've been here longer. <laughs> but because of this kind of thing, you know, we're learning more. We, we're not always successful at it, but like the example you used at the beginning, you know, to recognize if, if Gene snaps at you, you know, to be able to stop and go, that's not about me. Something's going on with her. You know, I mean, to learn, you know, that's what we're, we're learning with each other. I mean, these things are so helpful. Thank you. You know why, you know why I can do that? You know why I can do that when Gene snaps at me? Because I took off the belief system that it's all my fault. I took off the belief system. I took that shirt off. Do I still struggle with putting it on every once in a while? Yep. And it's are, got a lot more holes in it now, though. Yeah, it's got a lot more holes in it, not just from our arms. Okay? But the bottom line is, I don't believe everything is my fault anymore. But at one time, I did. So the... He's such a stupid idiot because he loses his keys all the time. Needs to get taken down because one, it's not all the time. Number two, you know what? He's responsible in so many other ways. If he has a hard time getting his keys, maybe next birthday, Christmas, whatever, I'll get him one of those key finder things. <laughs> okay, they come with the you know the clicker thingy and it it beeps wherever. Okay, so you know. Just make sure it's loud enough to hear through the kitchen fridge, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> I have a question about getting back to you said something about when you were eight and then all this traumatic stuff and then you have defense mechanisms and beliefs which are lies basically, right? So it, what you're teaching us is, it sounds like, oh yeah, that's, I mean, it kind of sounds a little bit easy, but when you, when you look at somebody like you that have these defense mechanisms, I mean, that's not easy to get out of. So. And that's why we continue to challenge you guys. Because keep in mind, anybody that's not in this class, we can't challenge. We can only challenge you guys because, you know why? Somebody challenged me. And that's what mentorship is about. That's what brothers and sisters in Christ are all about. It should be a challenge. And it should not be a Holy Spirit. Jean used to be my Holy Spirit. She is not my Holy Spirit anymore. She is rather my champion. And she will challenge me. And I, I accept the challenge. But challenge doesn't look like... You know, you really need to do this. No. How come you're not doing that? You know what it looks like? Why are you doing that? Because the reason I can do this now and, and took off those is because I have, I have asked the Lord this question over and over and over again. Why am I behaving this way? Because I don't want to behave this way anymore. You know what? Gene can't ask that question for me. 
I can't ask that question for Gene. I can't ask that question for anybody else in this room. I can only ask it of myself. Lord, why am I at? Why? And you know what? Wow. I wonder if God will answer that question. There's my keys. He's As obvious as my keys are on that floor, he's going to answer that question. And it actually sounds really silly, but if you've ever prayed for the Lord to reveal those things that are hidden, yeah. it's amazing how quickly you find things that you didn't. But, Teddy, you were going to say something, and then Mary Elena. Well, maybe this is something you can address in, in the future. Something I'm struggling with. When you say, when it's beyond things like forgiving your keys, like when, how do you challenge with that, that talk about the other person? Without denying reality, um, or your own, but honoring that other person. Um, it's hard for me. It, it's hard for everyone. Yeah. It's not just, because it is very hard. And emotionally, this is, some of the toughest things that anyone could ever walk through. And when you're dealing with individuals that have more dysfunctions than functions, um, that's a time where that's a time where you start praying scripture. Lord, I need to know where my boundaries are. I need to know not only, I know that this person is made in your image, but this person has put on so much clothing and so many masks that I'm having a hard time seeing them, seeing you in them, you know? And the, the makeup that they've got on and the clothing they've got on is body-piercing armor. And anytime I get close to them, it hurts. So, Lord, how do I still protect myself in a healthy way and put up those? And, and, and it's not easy. It's not, it's not easy. I, I, I wish I could say, this is the answer. You know, here's the, the neon light. It's not as easy as it seems. And it really breaks my heart. It, it really does. And, and I want you to know that. It really does. Because it is not. It is so much easier to teach on this than it is to live it out. And I have an appreciation and a tremendous amount of respect for you guys because we all have to leave the safety of this classroom where we talk about the good things of God and have to walk through it. And, and some of the reality of our life, reality, which is not so pretty. Which is not pretty at all. Maria Elena and then we're going to It's very interesting that you said that the instance happened at eight years old child that you said doesn't know Jesus. Therefore, we develop that defense mechanism based on a misconception. Then when we start growing up, that misconception, that defense mechanism is no longer useful for us to continue living. Because we're safe. Exactly, then becoming child to God, then is when he grants the discernment. Remember what you were doing? No, it's not gonna give you the results you were expecting or where you had before. Therefore, it's when we can do that. I, I, will, I, I will share, and, and Cleansing Stream, Kathy, Cleansing Stream has done a lot to help me walk through this process on a regular basis. Because Cleansing Stream taught me how to ask God that question. Taught me how to ask God that question, what am I believing? And where did that open door show up? And where were you in that moment? And what were you feeling? There's nothing quite as comforting for me to know that Jesus was crying in a moment when I was feeling pain when I was six years old because he revealed that. And I, I want to break that down a little bit more just as a quick closing. When we recognize where we're some, somewhere where we don't want to be, okay, we need to check in what we're believing. Yeah. We need to then also say, okay, Lord, why am I believing this? Why am I believing this? What incident? What was the open door to this belief? Okay. It's perfectly fine to say, okay, Lord, where were you in that instance? Where were you when that event happened that made me take on this lie? And what's the truth? What's the truth you want what's me to believe? What's the truth you want me to believe? Because that's the closing step in renewing our mind. Lord, what's the truth you want me to believe in this moment? That's how we wrap this up full circle. And just because you complete that circle once doesn't mean you're not going to do that dance again.
because we're going to do that dance again until the Lord takes us home. Paul, would you mind closing us in prayer, please? Thank you. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for this, uh, this session, for this uh, this time, Lord, learning about perception. Uh, Lord, we thank you for the teaching. We thank you for Ron and Jean. Thank you for Anne and Dave, Joan and Lynn, Lord, for their time to teach us, to guide us, to mentor us. Uh, we ask your blessing for them, Lord, on all our families, on their homes. Um, and Lord, we, we receive your truth Thank you. about all of this. We choose to believe you at your word, in your word, from your word, that it is truth, and that is how we are to perceive Thank ourselves you. and others. Lord, we thank you for the words that you've given us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys. Love you guys very much. Have a phenomenal week.